Good morning, City Church. This is Meg Hayden with a moment of reflection during the season of Advent, a moment to see God's heart for redemption, a moment of hope. Today for our Advent reading, we're considering the story of the Tower of Babel. But before we get to Babel, we need to remember the two major stories that came before, the fall in Genesis 3 and the flood in Genesis 6 through 9. These are pivotal stories that help us understand the human heart and the reality of sin. Adam and Eve believe the lies of the serpent, that God doesn't love them, and that he's withholding good things from them. And so they grasp and take what they think will make them full. But instead of fullness, they find shame. Instead of union with God, they're separated from him. And thus begins a life of frustration. The story of Noah and the flood is really a story that shows us the result of life lived apart from God. Sin corrupts our hearts so deeply that wickedness has become the way of the world. And yet in the midst of all of this bad news, we see that God is a God who is determined to make a way out for his people. It all begins with a promise that through the offspring of Eve, God will provide the one who will crush the head of the serpent, pointing us to see Jesus. And it continues with God protecting Noah and his family from the judgment of the flood. God is keeping his promises, but we have to remember that his promises have been given to people with broken, sinful hearts. So even after the awful judgment of the flood and the amazing rescue of Noah's family, Mankind still keeps on sinning and trying to go their own way, which brings us to the story of the Tower of Babel. Now, human civilization has continued since the destruction of the flood. There is shared language. There's advancing technology. Life seems to be on the up and up for mankind. And so with all of these advances, the people decide to get to work. Genesis 11 verse 4 records this. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. To our modern ears, a tall tower may not sound like a bad idea. We live in a world filled with skyscrapers and tall buildings, but it's the intention of their hearts that reveals the problem. They are building a tower to make a name for themselves. They're building a tower to get to the heavens on their terms and in their own strength. In short, this tower building is a picture of their desire to live life without God, without needing him. The people believe what we often believe too, that we can be saved by a power, accomplishments, or associations with the right group. And for a while, it seems to be working. The people do seem great and successful and self-sufficient. But God loves them and loves us too much to let them live without him. And so God disrupts their plans and frustrates their language. The text tells us that God confuses their language so that they no longer understand each other. And so their plan to live without God starts to fall apart. God disrupts their plans so that he can be the one to deliver them and bring them to heaven. Like the people in Babel, 
we can fall into thinking that a plan or program or performance will make us okay. If we can just build a tall enough tower, we can get to God and the good life that he has for us, or at least that we think we deserve. But this story reminds me that I don't need plans or towers to get to God. I need a person, and that person is Jesus. As Sally Lloyd-Jones writes, People could never reach up to heaven, so heaven would have to come down to them, and one day it would. Babel wasn't the time for Jesus to come to deliver and rescue and redeem his people. God had other plans for another time in the future in a town called Bethlehem. But this story reminds me that even before Jesus comes on the scene, God wants his people to look to him to meet their needs, to look to him to make a way to come, to not look to ourselves or our plans or our performance. God did come down. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, incarnate for us to bring us back to God not by our efforts, but because of his love and grace and sacrifice for us. This is the coming down that we celebrate and long for in Advent, and this is the hope of God's ongoing work in us and in the future. God loves us too much to let us live without him, and like the story of Babel, sometimes he might use frustration and confusion to show us that we cannot live without him. But even in the confusion, even in the waiting, we can trust he will always come down and enter in. This is the source of our joy, our faith, and our hope, even when we can't understand. So as we hope, stay well and do good.